This is the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. Fellow humans, souls, and earthlings, it is with honest and earnest total respect for the seriousness of the coronavirus pandemic and, of course, the major damage that it already has and will continue to inflict on us that I bring you this special edition of A Talk in the Attic. The all-coronavirus edition. So for the next 15 minutes or so, let's try to put our fears aside and let's just have a laugh at the expense of the myriad subjects ripe for comedy that have stemmed from this really serious global health crisis. Look, COVID-19 is no laughing matter, or really isn't. But some of the ways that we're collectively responding certainly gives pause. Begging the question, All right, partner, you're moved. Do you laugh or do you cry? I'm going to laugh. And if you're game, I hope you'll laugh along with me. So listeners, humans, and earthlings alike, gather around your streaming devices. I mean, gather, but gather loosely. Actually, on second thought, don't gather at all. Get at least six feet away from your friends and family. Stand up and extend your arms so that you're in like the letter T. Start twisting at your waist, forming your personal space envelope. You remember this drill, right, from elementary school? So once you've made sure that no more than nine of your friends and family fall outside of your privacy radius, turn to your individual streaming device, put on your headphones, and let's forget about reality for a while. Besides, individual listens on separate devices will not only allow for appropriate social distancing, but it will also inflate my podcast download statistics. And you heard it here first. Even in the apocalypse, stats matter. To quote one of my all-time favorite deep thoughts with Jack Handy, My father always said laughter was the best medicine, which is probably why he and two of my sisters died of tuberculosis. Let's start the show. I seen the waves of California and red clay of Georgia. Okay, everybody, now throughout the show, at random points, I'll be putting into action some of the CDC guidelines, a.k.a. soon-to-be Orwellian mandates, to help remind all of us how we can chip in and do our part. First on the list of guidelines, social distancing. Now, just like you should do with other humans, I'm staying at least six feet away from the microphone right now. I mean, hey, who knows? It's a digital age. I mean, lonely men and women are fucking sex robots all over the globe. Is it really that out of the question that you might be able to contract the virus through the podcast? If you can stay home, stay home. Eat at home, drink at home. Carl from Royal Oak, stalk us from the World Wide Web rather than the backyard bushes. It's not for your own health so much as it is for the immunocompromised and for our older population. You know, the older people who took care of us growing up and still take care of our ungrateful asses all the time. The ones who you can hardly wait to see and then can't wait to get out of there as soon as you get there. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking about our parents. Let's keep these old buggers healthy a little bit longer. Besides, their life savings are down 25-30% since this whole virus started making waves. Meaning that their inheritances wouldn't be what we want them to be anyway. So let's keep these old money bags healthy a little while longer, at least until they're worth a little bit more dead than alive, right? Is that going to get through to you people? That's what we're risking when we decide to go out on St. Paddy's Day. We're risking our parents. It's not really out of the realm of discussions that are happening out there right now. National and local governments across the world are imposing serious shutdowns of schools, 
churches, public gatherings. I mean, even casinos are shutting down. Not too surprising, I suppose, considering the average age of the casino population would fall into, unfortunately, what I would call, quote-unquote, the 15% mortality zone. Plus, how are we supposed to get those inheritances back up to snuff if mom and dad keep ignoring the CDC by shaking hands with a one-armed bandit down at the MGM? But seriously, we're being instructed to stay home, if at all possible, so stay home. Stay home. It's not worth killing everyone. And I agree. I really do agree. We're staying home. But then again, we work for ourselves so we can make that decision. But what about the people who don't work for themselves, those who are building widgets or cooking takeout or processing loan payments? Shouldn't they stay home too? It's still not worth killing everyone over it, is it? What, we've got to keep up with demand? Got to keep making shit that maybe someone will want someday? Maybe they'll even love it for a couple years before it ends up in a thrift shop and slowly dies in a landfill? Don't get me wrong, I get it, I really do. The show must go on. If Toyota orders a million parts and they're due next week, what's the supplier to do? It's contractually obligated to fulfill the orders, right? But how are we in good faith ignoring the obvious fork in the road that we've reached? Why is it acceptable that we put an indefinite halt on educating our youths, but completely out of the question to stop the assembly lines? I know, I know, contractually obligated, yada, yada, yada. Online furniture giant Wayfarer filed for Chapter 11, I think, shortly after Chinese factories and ports halted. I mean, this is a major company that couldn't go even a week without the cash fuel of steady consumerism before they had to shut their whole operation down. What percentage of companies will be able to withstand what's to come? And more importantly, what percentage of people could withstand an indefinite interruption of their cash flow? It's scary stuff. It really is. I feel for a lot of people. I feel for everyone. And suddenly, socialism seems a little more palatable, right? Another CDC guideline is to skip wearing a mask unless you are sick yourself. If you are sick, stay home. If you're sick and you have to leave home, wear a mask. The rest of you, ditch the mask. Sorry, the rest of you, ditch the mask. There's an extreme shortage of these bad boys out there, and our healthcare workers have a long and personally perilous path ahead, so let's let them have the masks. And while we're on the subject of supply shortages, can we talk for just a moment about the panic buying of these strange items? Holy smokes. Why in the world are people stockpiling toilet paper? Just in case Ebola sees this as an opportunity to re-enter the marketplace, a good comeback opportunity? Are people getting panic-induced diarrhea? Maybe it's because people are stockpiling pizza in its massive variety of frozen formats. Things like bagel bites. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can shit your brains out anytime. Hot pockets, hot pockets. DiGiorno, it's not delivery, it's diarrhea. Frozen tombstone pizza. What do you want on your tombstone? Pep. Dopeismo. Is that what this is? Are people expecting to get the shits because of their frozen aisle madness, their pizza panic? And if it's not pizza related, then what could it be? Why is washing your asshole with water not a better way to spend your final days anyway? I saw a video of two women actually physically fighting over a 12 pack of Charmin toilet paper. It's like that movie Jingle All the Way where Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad fight over the hot new Christmas toy. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like Jingle All the Way, but in an obvious regard, shittier. 
Some grocery store aisles have been totally picked over, completely cleaned out. Like, damn, Rick, you've got a lot of jelly. Friday night, one of our group chats blew up with insider information that, quote-unquote, Meyer will soon be halting fresh produce sales. Only frozen vegetables will be sold. And this was a text coming from a guy who hasn't eaten a vegetable, fresh or frozen, since I met him. As Jerry once said to Newman, you wouldn't eat broccoli if it was deep-fried in chocolate sauce. Now, this same group chat featured what I would probably consider the greatest attempt at opportunistic marketing that I've ever seen. So mixed in with a slew of photos depicting empty food shelves and very shortly after we learned that her vegetable fate was to lie in the frozen food section, another friend of ours chimed in with some really great intel. Just a heads up, she texted. The meal delivery service HelloFresh has its own food sources and they're not predicted to be affected at all by this whole virus thing. And I'm a member, she said. So I actually have some referral codes that you guys could use. I had to read this thing back a couple times before I really fully understood exactly what was going on. I mean, by God, could it be? Do my eyes deceive me? Or did I just bear witness to the greatest, most shameless sales pitch ever? All in an effort to get some HelloFresh referral bonuses? I mean, I'm a sales guy at heart. I really am. So I feel uniquely qualified to offer this true and sincere congratulations on this unbelievably bold effort to not only keep us fed, but to keep the wheels of capitalism going. Even during the apocalypse. Brava. Brava. I'm glad you found a way to, to stay pushy and keep busy since Art Van closed down. Are there any big Hello Fresh sales coming up on Good Friday? Did Jesus die for our sins or die for that ravioli? I mean, I couldn't believe it. That's not to say that I'm not looking forward to, to receiving my ingredients for that roasted chicken Alfredo with a basil cream sauce and a fresh mushroom medley. So thanks, Leah. But using our collective pantry panic as an opportunity to score some free mail-order macaroni was far from the only contradiction, far from the only irony that I witnessed this past weekend. I mean, Jessica and I ourselves oscillated between, oh no, we don't have enough food to last that long, to stress eating an entire bag of frozen popcorn chicken. What an unfortunate coincidence. Stress eating? As a result of a food shortage? Good lord. And in a failed attempt to find levity... Jessica and I started making mental notes as to what we'd bring with us should we find the need to flee our home in an effort to evade probably roaming packs of hungry street toughs. Kind of a desert island questionnaire type exercise. And you ready for the best contradiction yet? One of our most prized possessions and most valuable sleep items. My first thing that I'd want to bring on the trip should we have to leave the house. Our 25-pound weighted blanket. It's going to be a tough one to bring along though. It's heavy. I mean, damn, can't they make these things a little bit lighter? And perhaps the most comical contradiction, the most comical irony I observed, came in the form of a Snapchat sent to me by my friend Collins. When he snapped a pic of a Houston-based billboard that read, We're sorry, but the Houston rodeo was canceled as a result of the virus. How ironic, you know? Thinking somebody would actually want an apology for the cancellation of the rodeo? I mean, now I've heard everything. Oh, really? Some of you don't get it. Some of you think the rodeo is cool. Yeah. Joke worked way better on my black friends. And finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the enormous amount of acquaintances of mine who turns out have been hiding in plain sight, who finally revealed that they've actually been epidemiologists this whole time. I almost feel betrayed in a way. Here I was thinking this whole time that my Facebook pals were teachers and 
engineers and spread amongst the various industries out there. But it turns out this whole time that their body by V nutrition pyramid scheme was really just a cover, a cover for their true passion, which is the prevention of spread of communicable diseases. Why didn't they say so earlier? Is that why they've all been struggling to use the correct version of there, there, and there? Is bad grammar kind of like the digital age version of a doctor having sloppy handwriting? I mean, now I guess I know the answer to the question, is there a doctor in the chat room? And not only are there doctors in the chat room, but many of them share the same Japanese doctor acquaintance who confirmed via text that if you can hold your breath for 10 seconds, you're going to be fine. That's obviously not true. The point is, there are ample facts out there, real, actual facts provided by real, actual experts. No need to take epidemiology advice from an old drinking buddy or your wrestling coach or even your best friend. And certainly not from me in this podcast. Go read up on your own what we can all do to limit the spread, to flatten the curve, and to ease the burden that the world's healthcare systems are set to endure throughout this crisis. <laughs> it's me, Mr. Nasty. <laughs> Just washing my hands. I bet you never thought you'd see the day where Mr. Nasty is chosen as a spokesperson for personal hygiene. But nasty, grimy times call for clean, smart measures. That's right. That means washing your hands all day, every day. And no, not just after you put your hands in a precarious position on the body of a willing, consensual partner. No, uh In fact, the CDC recommends using hot, soapy water for a minimum of 20 seconds. They even recommend singing happy birthday twice back to back. But why sing happy birthday? I recommend rapping the final verse of Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back, which is much, much nastier. Try it with me now. So your girlfriend Rosa Honda Playing workout taste by Fonda But Fonda ain't got a motor in the back of a Honda My anaconda don't want none Unless you got buns, huh? All right, all right, Mr. Nasty Get out of here, Mr. Nasty Go on and get Okay, we're about to do something for the kids We don't need you around That's right, this takes us to a special segment of the show Something specifically created for our diminutive listeners out there And in particular, this story goes out to two very special little ones Who are currently under nationally mandated house arrest in Madrid, Spain This is for you, Karina For for you, Paolo And any other kids listening to this And for any of you adults as well So in honor of Shel Silverstein, here's a little poem Hola, mis amigos, como están? You must be confused with what's going on. No mas escuela and stuck in your casa. Your parents seem tense when they're cooking the pasta. I'm sure this seems scary and boring and weird, and some of your friends will shout out in fear. But you'll see when you're older in a couple years' time that this month stuck with Papa and Mama inside was a mysterious gift from the cosmos or God. Now you'll be coloring all week with your mom, and Dad might go silent as the market bears roar. But the best part of all is that you've got you four. Enjoy the time together in your little Spanish home. Keep dancing and laughing, letting imaginations roam. You'll be stronger for sure when this whole thing winds down. Meantime, make the most. Make spiles, not frowns. Michael, Natalie, Karina, Paula, we love you. We're thinking about you. Stay safe out there and much love, all right? And that's going to wrap up the show. Can we just figure out a way to get get it together, folks? Let's stay calm. Above all else, can we see through our political differences and work together to get through this thing? I mean, times are tough, but so are humans. 
I know we can get through this. I'm so glad y'all took the time to listen today. It's a touchy subject. I hope you took it with the right perspective. I'm sending love out there to all of you, our friends in Japan and France and Spain and Denmark, New Zealand and everywhere else right here in the States. And to our parents, y'all took care of us for all these years. Let's see to it that we do whatever we can to take care of our parents now, okay? And with that, I'm going to sign off, everyone. Stay home, stay healthy, stay woke. Peace out, everyone.